Last week at Close on Sunday, Wayne told a story in his sermon about how one day he was going to swim in a private lake and his friend took him up a path, up, 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 and up to a point where his friend then threw his crocs over the ledge and into the water and he jumped, encouraging Wayne to do the same. In his sermon, Wayne didn't tell us what happened next. It was only a matter of moments after it had all finished on Sunday morning before we were having text messages from various different people saying, what did he do? What did he do? Some people love cliffhangers. Other people loathe cliffhangers. They're part of everyday life. Will it rain when I play cricket on Saturday? Not me, but um, other people. Uh, Will it rain at my birthday party? Will it be a boy or a girl? What will happen if um, my exam results aren't the ones that I want? What will happen if um, the, the doctor comes back with results that I don't like? We live with cliffhangers and we are in a collective cliffhanger at the moment. The pandemic has pacified us into a collective cliffhanger. We don't know what's going to happen in terms of schools in September. Will there be enough jobs for people? What will happen about masks and social distancing? Will churches be open? Will there be a vaccine? There are so many questions that we live with. The narrative that we have existed in as a society where we believe that everything is improving and just getting bigger and better has been halted by this pandemic and we are in a hang in not in a hangover in a cliffhanger what attitude are we carrying into that cliffhanger there are some things that we can learn today from our last um sermon from Genesis, the last in this year's series on Genesis, uh, that can help us as we think about what attitude we can bring, that God wants us to bring to this moment. I'm going to read to us from Genesis chapter 50. Joseph stayed in Egypt along with all his father's family. He lived 110 years and saw the third generation of Ephraim's children. Also the children of Machir, son of Manasseh, were placed at birth on Joseph's knees. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die, but God will surely come to your aid and take you up out of this land, to the land he promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Joseph made the sons of Israel swear an oath and said, God will surely come to your aid. And then you must carry my bones up from this place. So Joseph died at the age of 110. And after they embalmed him, he was placed in a coffin in Egypt. Because most of us have read the end of the Bible, we don't really see that moment as a cliffhanger. And the way that we've taught Genesis this year uh, is through the Christian principle that the orthodox way of reading the Old Testament is through the cross. So we nearly always bring our sermons back to Jesus. But if you travel through Genesis from the start, not knowing the end, and you travel alongside this family whom God randomly has chosen um, from northern Iraq and has asked them to pilgrimage to the land of Israel and then through various strange circumstances have ended up 
in Egypt. You know that Joseph is sitting there on the promises that were given to his great grandfather thinking, why are we here? So if you travel through Genesis not knowing the end, the end of Genesis is a cliffhanger. It's the moment at the end of series one of the epic box set, The Bible, that ends with a cliffhanger. And Joseph carries something in his attitude that speaks to us about what attitude we can bring to the cliffhangers that we face today. The first is this, that he knows that God is in the problem. He knows that God is in the problem. He's not there saying, what's going on? The promise that was given to my great-grandfather. I mean, how, where are you, God? What's happening? He knows that God is in the problem. Often when we experience problems, we think it's because God has disappeared. He's washed his hands of the situation or because we've made a mistake, or because somebody else has made a mistake. Sometimes it can be a combination of those last two things. Sometimes it can be due to circumstances well beyond anyone's control. In those moments, do we know, not just in our heads, but do we know in our hearts that God is truly in the problem with us? In the cliffhanger, do we know that he is there with us. Secondly, do we know that there's an end? Joseph sees the end of the story that he's involved in as being the point at which his family are in the land of Canaan where God has said they should be so that they can be a blessing to other nations. When We read Genesis as Christians. We do read it through Jesus. We read it through the New Testament. And we know that Jesus hasn't just come as the saviour, as the one to rescue us from sin and death and hell. But he is also the Alpha and the Omega. It says in the last book of the Bible in Revelation chapter 1. He is the beginning and the end. So we know who the end is. And we have in Revelation a picture of what will happen at the end when God will come and he will make all things new. He's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. And we know from Philippians that actually at that point every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We don't know when it's going to happen or necessarily that much about how it's going to happen. But we know that there is an end. We know that there is an end. And the invitation is for us in the cliffhanger moments to hold on to that. Sometimes when I watch um, a box set and I see the main character in difficulties and I see the tension around them. I find it really difficult to watch. Uh, but then I say to myself, it's OK. This is the main character and there are three more series to go. They're going to be all right. And that enables me to watch it without less tension in my stomach muscles. <laughs> um, When we know the end, we can inhabit the tension of the current cliffhanger 
differently. So we need to know that God's in the problem. We need to know that there's an end, just as Joseph did, but also distinctively as Christians. But then finally, we can know that there's a way for Joseph. He didn't know what that way would be like, but he knew that there would be a way. God would do this. And it turned out that he was going to use uh, plagues and a Passover and then fire and clouds um, and manna in the desert to enable the people of Israel 400 years later to make their way out of Egypt and into the promised land. It would have been quite amazing had he known that in his last days. All of those aspects of the story point ultimately to Jesus who came as our rescuer and who said of himself, I am the way, the truth and the life. It's important for us as Christians to know that the way in is the way on. So when Jesus says he is the way, the truth and the life, he isn't just talking about himself as a way to the Father, a way to salvation. It is also a way for us to follow, which is why the first Christians were known as the followers of the way. He is a route for us. So when we find ourselves in the uncertainty of the cliffhanger moments, our attitude as Christians is to be that we don't know how, but we do know who. We don't know how this situation is going to be resolved, but we do know who. Our eyes are on you, Jesus. Our eyes are on him. So three things for us to remember as we think about the uncertainty of our current situation, the attitude we're to carry into the collective cliffhanger that we face, to know that God's in the problem, to know that there's an end, and to know that there's a way. And his name is Jesus. What I want you to know at this point is that um, Wayne's answer was that he did jump. So for us, we can know the end and we can know the way. This summer, I would love it if you either continued or started a regular pattern of Bible reading. We have an opportunity for rest and God's purpose is that that should be Sabbath rest. Rest in him. So find a way, however long it can be, whether it's five minutes or 15 minutes or 30 minutes, however long each day in God's word and asking yourself this question. Whose story am I living in? Is it the world's, is it mine, or is it God's? And allow the truth of his word to shape you in such a way that you know that he's with you in the problem, you know that he is the end, and you know that he is the way. And then... Together we can bring the right attitude to the cliffhanger that we face. Let's pray.